0: On this episode, we talk guide life and a very, very special guest visits us. Everybody, this is Gary vay Nerd Chuck, and this is episode 199 of The Ask. Gary V show. Before we get into the show, Stefan, I could have uh, yes, turn off the sound on your snaps over there. Uh, <laughs> Stefan, I could not help but notice that uh, you were wearing the Kobe jersey last night was an impressive. Did you see that, Brad?
1: Uh, I don't watch sports, but Ralph did. Ralph? Yeah, yeah.
0: Impressive last night. Well, I mean, you give a guy 100 shots, he's going to get 50. 50. Anyway, super impressive. Uh, good job, Kobe. Amazing, amazing career. Episode 199. Super excited about that, India. Super excited because we have another guest. I will let he him explain himself in a second. However, India, something very amazing is happening right now. Amazing. Like all-time amazing. All-time. Your mom is here. Mom, roll over here. Yes, get in here. <laughs> See? Mom, tell the Vayner Nation who you are. I'm India's mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. So glad you're here. How long are you staying Thank for you. the weekend? Are you gonna stay for the weekend? Just for about five days. Awesome. Enjoy. Want to have mom here, huh? Where are you from? And your face beginning the same color as your mom's uh, I know, it's sweater. So exciting. <laughs> All right, my man. All right. Tell the tell the Vayner Nation who you are. A little bit about this, uh, and then we will get into the show. I'm actually excited about this one. I think most of the shows have been having that I've been having guests, and we've been doing a lot of guests. Very Thematic. I think this one is fun for me because I've enjoyed jamming with you through the years. And I feel like this is just like two business dudes going to go through the questions. So, but first, I'll let you do your little spiel, give them some context, and then we'll get into Great. the show.
1: My name is Brad Grossman, and I have a company called Zeitgeist. And we produce a book every year, Zeitgeist.com. And it's digital too. And we update it every week with um, a newsletter. It's a Zeitgeist, meaning the guide to the Zeitgeist, Zeitgeist, meaning Spirit of the Times in German. Um, and um, because of this great thing that you're doing for us by being on your show, we're giving all of your audience members a 50% discount. So if they go into the coupon code and they put hashtag AskGaryV. Do they have to put the hashtag? Yeah. Okay. Hashtag right Stefan, wrong. make sure you yep. link that up. Hashtag AskGaryV, you get 50% discount. How much is it? Um, for the book it's a hundred, so now it's fifty. Okay. Because it takes there's seven hundred articles distilled okay. in here. And you're in it actually. Remember you gave I me do. That quote? I do. You're saying like the, it the best
0: it's the best page of your book.
1: It's the best page of their book. Let's get to it right now. I'll show you. Basically you like say that. the future of advertising or to succeed in advertising is that you have to reverse engineer. Right? Sounds like yeah, something here. I would say. Reverse engineering attention. Yeah, rather than retrofit pre digital advertising techniques, Zeitgeist friend and serial entrepreneur Gary Vaynerchuk says that marketers have to reverse engineer it's attention. It's true. So there you go. Cool. So And our company is basically to help leaders like yourself and everybody in the world to stay on top of trends that are changing and transforming businesses so they're best prepared for the future.
0: So, as you can imagine, for a lot of you up and coming entrepreneurs, you know, what you have is time. And so you can actually go and make, you know, now, are you smart enough to digest all that information into the important points? That's up to your skills or not, but you have time. Right. For the people...
1: While you guys that, have real jobs.
0: Right. <laughs> for Exactly. For you, what you're selling, especially to a top premium executive who... She or he is just like running their business and not in digital, not in zeitgeist. For me, for a lot of people that watch it, our life is predicated on this moment. There's a lot of people who are Fortune 500, Fortune 5000, CMOs who, you know, they're they're in biotech and they, they haven't thought about how the zeitgeist impacts their business. You know, guess what? If uh, if the gal that owned the most taxi medallions in the world had been reading the zeitgeist, forget about the guide, which right. we prefer, but like reading the zeitgeist right. as a slang term, Listening maybe maybe she would have been the person that invented Uber. And so it's about understanding that, you know, I'm, by the way, I never knew where the word zeitgeist came from so thank you for that nugget.
1: Spirit of the time. Um,
0: but it's been a word that's always, it runs in my mind quite a bit um, because it is the thing that matters. It's, you know To me I call it the market, I call it the, the industrial, the second industrial, the, the thing that's happening right now that so few people understand is that technology is going to disrupt all of you. So bookstore owners and taxi cab and black car owners, they already know this. The people that don't know this are teachers. Who because Khan Academy and Udemy hasn't fully gotten there yet but in 12 to 15 years there's going to be a stunning amount of people that have their children learning in that environment like there's like construction workers because robots made it Like, like UPS and FedEx because drones or Uber will do it like everybody all of us everything is going to be disruptive.
1: Even entrepreneurs though as well. 100%. Right? Especially
0: it's entrepreneurs. Yeah. Wine library is going to be, every winery in America should deliver their product direct to consumer. All of them. Wine library should be out of business. 100%. Now the reason So make,
1: Neil Rosenthal? He's like a, He's
0: Well he's a supplier and a retailer uh, but no I mean not Neil. I mean the wines that Neil represents. Every individual winery,
1: the producer
0: should go direct to consumer. They don't because they can't sell as well as Neil. They, can't, they don't because they don't have operational infrastructure to create enough demand and then deploy the volume of product they make but just to teach you about the wine world, a winery makes a bottle of wine that you buy for 20 bucks and they're selling that to the wholesaler for eight to, eight to 10. So they're not making 20 but if they sold it to you they could make 20 so there's a lot of money in it if you know how to disrupt yourself the problem is most don't right. and the zeitgeist
1: It's hard though, like to sell direct to consumers. It's extremely hard. The question is do you think big
0: brands should sell direct to consumers? Get out of here. (laughs) No, I'm serious. So, what you, I think you guys know the show well enough to know that was like that was just very zeitgeisty in itself. Is that right? Yes. India, we're so. From Ben. You like read, you literally read. You anticipated.
1: Well, I researched the guest and then I posed uh, questions. Look at that. You You're the
0: zeitgeist of the zeitgeist. Okay. W- Mom, somebody's working around here. Right? Yes, I'm
1: proud. <laughs>
0: <laughs> good job, India. We're really oh, proud yeah. of you. <laughs> All right, <laughs> first, question. Let, first question.
1: Ben asks, do you think big brands should sell direct to consumer? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think yes. Um, I think Amazon is going to be a player where they're basically selling directly to consumer. Uh, hey, okay, with their private
0: labels, or you mean when they're selling Pepsi through Amazon?
1: Well, I think they're going to use Amazon as a mechanism to sell direct to consumers. But the question is, will eventually people be like, oh, I want a Pepsi. I want to go to Pepsi.com or go to Pepsi's Facebook page and just get it directly from there. But that's not really direct to consumer either because it's going through Facebook. So, you know, I think you still need to use these platforms to go direct to consumer.
0: Got it. I mean, I would say that Amazon is far less direct-to-consumer than Facebook because Amazon's actually a full-pledge retailer and very honestly, I think a scary one for these guys and gals that are running these businesses because Amazon's got real data. In the CPG world, uh, retail and brands the scariest thing is when a retailer gets too much leverage. They, the biggest brands in the world are paying for placement in Walmarts and Albertsons and Costcos and Safeways that are very expensive. This is not the way it was 30 or 40 years ago. The retailers didn't have the leverage, the brands did. Yep. And so that got expensive. Direct to consumer is inevitable. The problem is the following. Big brands like Dove or Pepsi can't go direct to consumer because Costco and Walmart and Tesco are gonna say, what are you doing? You're not cutting us out. And so, the second those companies show a move to wanting to go direct to consumer, the big retailers are gonna drop their product from end caps to the bottom shelf or kick them out of the store yep. which then would affect them in a 90 day period because their sales would collapse yep. which then would make their stock price collapse yep. so they're basically caught in channel, what's called channel conflict. They can't do it so what's gonna happen? Here's what's gonna happen, India and her mom are gonna invent the best peanut butter you've ever tasted and they're gonna start going direct to consumer. Right. And they're gonna sell on Instagram and Snapchat and Facebook and quietly but surely because that's where the attention is, yep. all of a sudden their business is gonna do $40 million, not 4 or $1.4 or 400000 yep. And then whoever owns, what's the big peanut butter these days? Peter Pan peanut butter? Uh, what's, Laura what's that? Laura Scudders. Laura Scudders? Smuckers, Smuckers right? What's jiffy? Jiffy. jiffy. There we go.
1: Go ahead. Well, I like you know grinding the peanuts and so
0: well, <laughs> let's just use, let's use a sodas analogy. Then Coke and Pepsi are gonna be like, wait a minute, what's right. this new you know craft soda that's doing real volume? And then they're gonna be stuck because they're gonna get squeezed from both sides. Yep. They're gonna get squeezed from the up and coming entrepreneurs that actually now have scale and use things like Uber or Postmates or whatever for distribution and use social media and this for awareness and they're going to get pressured from the retailers for them not to do the same. Right. Like Pepsi can't make Pepsi Gold direct to consumer at scale. They can do a little one-off, little holiday thing.
1: But, Tough. But Starbucks is an interesting example because like, I just went to Seattle and I just saw their new kind of innovative space Um, and it seems like what brands can do is develop or create a new product that people don't actually know is part of the brand and sell it direct to consumer and see, like they kind of have the backup. No, no,
0: no, 100% they can do that. Here's the problem, it doesn't matter what the consumer knows, the retailer, see the thing that most people don't get is that the number one competitor to the biggest brands in the world Mm -hmm. are their retail partners. So they can't, again, at the highest levels on a board at Walmart, Mm -hmm. they'll say, look what Coke just did today. They created Schmoke or Schmogaboka,
1: And they're selling it. They're
0: selling it and if it gets big, that's a problem for us because it's going to build the cadence and the ability and the data to remarket to those people and they're going to cut us out.
1: Well, what do you think about the future of the store? I mean, right now, all the, even Birchbox, I know, or Warby Parker, who are disruptors, right, are like, we, right, they all want stores. I mean, it's actually the best marketing, you know, mechanism in the world. So do you think, like, these retail stores are going to continue to be the place where conversion rates are going to happen the most?
0: No, I think if you look at e-com, it chips away every year, 11% of the market, 13% of the market, 16% of the market. So e-com will continue to grow, especially with this especially our impatience, I want it right now. Like, and through right
1: social now. channels too.
0: And, and whatever, right? right. And, and, and we're not even factoring in, it's gonna take 20 years for what I'm talking about and by then VR will be there. So are we literally living in a virtual world and shopping in a virtual store and it's actually being physically delivered within an hour so there'll always be disruption but here's what it will say, they're not going away. Like stores, yeah. yeah. They're not going away. Do I think they're emerging better than ever? No. Just because Birchbox and 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 Warby Parker have stores right now, let's talk about another thing. When the shit hits the fan, and I mean the collapse of the valuations of these super companies and these unicorns that are rhinoceroses, and I don't think Birchbox.
1: What's a rhinoceros? I know a unicorn's a billion.
0: Yeah, a rhinoceros is what these things actually are. Uh, so, I've, like, actually rino- yeah, huh? yeah, so I like they're actually rhinoceros. Yeah, huh? So you like it? Yeah. Yeah. I like it a uh, and anyway, nonetheless, I think that too many people who watch this too many people in our zeitgeisty c- continent right. of love we think things are binary that ecoms coming and there'll be no stores i mean i made these mistakes as a kid there's no absolutes
1: there's no absolutes right like you got to do everything it seems like today right you,
0: i would say you've got to arbitrage everything if you can get a store location that you don't pay too much rent on that does great branding and awareness and you're selling stuff muzzle tough if you can figure out a Instagram campaign that's like you have to be agnostic. You have no emotion to where it happens. You just want it to happen. Well how do you afford all that though? Because You don't. Has you don't. <laughs> Which
1: is why. I mean, that's, I'd rather have Ralph actually you know, do the real jobs than having him just like work on social. Media. I get it's it. Like, you know, I get allocation it. Of uh,
0: resources, that's exactly right. You know? I mean, I'd rather have Ralph do everything. I mean he's very capable.
1: Yeah, he's the best. Show
0: Ralph, Stefan. Come
1: on. Yeah, we'll I mean, it, l- we'll let's wake up here,
0: Stefan. You still in the Kobe he's our days? up, I got. So so I think I think that um I think that that's why strategy is so interesting. That's what I why I love to do what I do for a living.
1: And you have to keep reinventing. It's like now you're all about Snapchat. I mean,
0: whatever I'm old, I'm,
1: wine, I'm not, YouTube. I'm
0: yeah. only about attention. Snapchat, right. Snapchat just happens to have it.
1: Yeah. Are you loving it? Love all right, it. next slide.
0: Matt asks, the average amount of email someone gets is 147 per day. The average piece of mail, four per day. Is it time to get back in the mailbox?
1: Yes, you think so? Absolutely. Talk about it. Absolutely. Because, you know, that's why I actually created a book, because it's actually a tangible product. You know, this is it doesn't evaporate in the digital ether. You know, so direct mail. Even though I think there, it is customary.
0: Hold on, go back to your digital ether evaporation kind of statement there. So if I got this in a PDF, like, oh, that
1: happened, yeah, no, no, forget about that. Forget yeah. about
0: that because that's just supply and demand economics. This is about if you want something or if you don't want something. AKA,
1: that's true. That's right? good. Yep, 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 if You really yeah. want it, you're gonna find it.
0: Correct. If like, right. if I want the zeitgeist, like, like I'm gonna want it one way or the other. And the other thing is, I think that's. Talking about getting to the point of knowing about mm-hmm. the Zeitgeist. But once you know it, mm-hmm. like to me, it's like the electronic aspect is so great because it's on me. Like, I'm not carrying this fucking thing around. Wow. You carry it around. I fit in my back. I mean, I don't have a book on me at all times, but
1: like. <laughs> but like, You should have this next to you on your night table while you're sleeping. Let me tell you the greatest thing. I, <laughs> I have your book next let, to me on me, your night table. Let me table. tell you the
0: greatest <laughs> thing that could ever happen to you. Yeah. Every single person on earth has the Zeitgeist app. On the home screen of their phone. Yes, it would be the greatest model. And they we life. keep
1: and we keep updating. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, so. yep. Let's do it, Ralph. Ralph.
0: <laughs> um, what was the question? The question was the average amount of email. Oh, look! Email. I look. It's email costs zero. Fucking mail costs a shitload of money. What's his name? Matt, Matt wake. The they fuck actually up. just
1: reduced the price of the Two stamps. Cents. Matt,
0: <laughs> Matt, wake the fuck up. The answer is sure, but you've got to run the economics. So, if it costs zero but you have creative costs, somebody's got to write the email, There's those kind of things, MailChimp might have a, you know. But the cost benefit analysis is devastating. Go run 10,000 pieces of mail that, oh, by the way, cost you $13,000.
1: 13000 Well, by the way, this is the reason why this is so expensive in addition to the intellectual property, the reason why this is so expensive because, you know, it costs like 100 bucks to print each one. Get the fuck out of here.
0: Your cost is not in the... I do like on-demand printing. The only reason I'm not throwing you out of this room and making fun of you for a $100 pamphlet (laughs) is because... I know how good the IP is and the information is good and it's why you're even allowed to sit here because a $100 book is ludicrous and... uh, Well, now it's 50. Yeah. (laughs) But be careful, I'm about to negotiate you for a 75% discount. Ralph, there's gonna be a new code. Um, I think that... uh, no, I, I think
1: all right done. Let's do it, Ralph. Ralph. I want I want it to be the same price as his book, which is eighteen ninety oh, nine or seventeen ninety
0: nine. Uh, that's right, seventeen right. ninety nine. You want to do that? $19. Done. Eighty two percent discount right. or whatever. Eighty two dollars off. <laughs> done. Nice work. Eighteen. Go- I did that was good. I'm excited. India, I like negotiating. <laughs> <laughs> Stefan, do not put up this episode until the code works for eighteen bucks. <laughs> seventeen
1: ninety nine. Seventeen ninety nine. You could, you know, use that for a stamp.
0: It's true. So anyway, Matt, I think look, it's all about the end result. If it's thirteen thousand dollars to send ten thousand pieces of mail. And one in four, first of all, I don't know who one in four, first of all that's scary to me and I'll tell you why. It means that 80% of Americans are probably getting one piece of mail and it's probably the 80% of Americans that are not going to convert to a sale as easily as the Americans in the top 20% that are getting 20,000 pieces of goddamn mail because their data shows that they have the income to buy things. So, like, We have to start grounding things in real life. I think the reason, I, the reason I'm so excited lately is Everybody's all these businesses are about to go out of business. Like I'm so excited. We're talking
1: startups or legacy or both.
0: There's so much bad that's about to happen. Yeah,
1: I know.
0: And in in business land, and especially in startup land, and the truth is, it's going to make me feel really good. And I'll tell you why. All those same friends and acquaintances and pundits said I wasn't smart for building an agency during the boom of startup. Right. And I ate that. Like you have to understand, I'm coming from. Why did they say that? Why did they say that? Because agencies are stupid businesses. Yeah, but you have a different agency. Fine, but do you understand? Yeah, of course. Like, why? Yeah. That's why. Right. Gary, Consulting. look, you know, yeah. and you also really? know where I, you, like, you've been around, well, you know for your yeah. own business, but you also have a feel on me. Yeah. I was sitting at the top of the pyramid. Yeah. I could have raised a $200 million fund. I could have gotten $50 million for any goddamn idea I had to build a business. Do you know what would have happened if I said, I've got a tech idea for the wine business? You done. I would have gotten $50 million in funding in four seconds. So why did you do it? Because I knew that I wanted to build practicality, not create high risk. Like, because all the spiel I push on you guys on Snapchat this show the daily v I live it I live the hard work I live the practicality
1: and, and so it's fun and,
0: and and so what and I live below the headlines in the trenches 140 emails four pieces of mail that's a nice little data set what happens when you start digging what happens when I when we talked about the actual costs involved what happens when I educated you that that average was predicated on the people that won't convert to a sale and, the, and so that's it like like it's just the it's layers yeah. i'll be there in a minute tyler andy let's go michael asks do you see bots becoming big in the next 24 months microsoft and facebook are heavily investing will bots become a tier 1 inbound channel
1: well they just talked about it yesterday at these chat box on the facebook and messenger um, i know ralph and i were just talking about this cuz we're oh,
0: bots bots will probably make when when do you close this the content on the 17 17- uh, Zygote.
1: September. Got it. You know, like the right idea.
0: Bots yeah. will bots will make an appearance on your next one.
1: 100%. Absolutely. 100 percent. Absolutely. Well, we talked about bots in terms of ruining the advertising agency. In terms oh, that's different. Of, that's that's a different program. program. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: These are utilitarian bots. So look, this this is gonna work. I mean, WeChat and other platforms have proven yeah. this. That's right. So I'm I'm excited. Truth is, I'm actually excited to deeply dig into it this weekend. I'm gonna. I have a flight to San Diego. Yeah. yeah, so I'm going to read quite a bit on that flight on just bots because it's that important.
1: You don't need to read um, just give me a call.
0: <laughs> but, you, but you know this about right, me, right. the reason I get to be quoted in your books is because I like doing the work. Totally,
1: you don't want the
0: clip notes. You I don't want to read, read it. I want to be the content inside
1: of it. Totally, there you go. But um, so I think it's going to be really big in customer experience, it's going to be big in customer experience. Like so you're talking to Oh, Ann. It's going to be huge, right, it's going to be, guys. But, the, but are you going to want to talk to a bot?
0: I want to talk to, who?
1: yeah. That was an instrument. Right, exactly. Wait, what about like when you, even credit card companies, like press one. Isn't that kind of like a... We idea? value time over
0: human interaction. It's just the truth.
1: We value... Not in everything though. Like we're having fun in right sex, now. In right. sex, I right. think
0: we value the human inter- <laughs> But aren't we having fun right now? So yes, of course. Right. But what I'm saying is we value time. Like we value time. This is fun because we're doing I'm talking about the following. I do not want to talk to an operator. I don't. Like if it's more efficient this way, that's the thing. And so like what I think is gonna happen is we're gonna get really, really, really into AI bot culture. Like when things can be done for us, we will take advantage of that every day of the week.
1: Yep. Okay. When do you think it's gonna happen? Like where it's gonna be. I think
0: we're gonna feel I think we're gonna feel real stuff next year. I feel like next year there will be an execution in a bot environment that everybody's doing. Kind of like a Fitbit or like, Slack. or so Slack or, yeah, it'll probably happen in Slack by the way from a business standpoint but but it's it like, think Fitbit, think Evernote, think when uh, texting popped. Like There's gonna be something that everybody will be doing in bot form on Facebook that people are talking about which is like, I'm trying to think of something. Is Siri a bot or the Echo a bot? Yeah, a bot I mean it, that gets into AI. Right. It, gets, you know, like okay. it gets into like different stuff of that nature but yes. I mean The truth is I don't want to start pontificating here because I want to get grounded in my own thoughts on this. Um, but, so I don't want to fully answer that question. I don't know how the experts are dissecting it plus I want to taste it more but here's what I will tell you. Every TV network in the world should start creating a bot on Facebook that helps you DVR at scale no matter where you are if i'm if I'm Comcast having coffee with that. India's mom and she's like, you gotta watch billions. Like like there's things. there's things talk, right. There's things.
1: By the way, that's a, that's what Comcast could do to save themselves, right? I mean, the cable companies. From
0: Max. Max. Max says Kobe scored 60 in his last Lakers game. What can we learn about business from Kobe? Thoughts on his legacy?
1: I don't I do sports, sports, but like as Ralph.
0: Ralph, what do you think we can learn from what Kobe did? Come
1: take a take a hundred take take a hundred shots. Come on, he's actually covers the sports for me. I'm, you know, I was a bad sports player. You,
0: uh, can you hear you him? You miss all the shots you don't
1: take, and um, if you ever get accused of a terrible crime, you buy your wife a big ring. <laughs> oh geez, he hates Kobe. Titles, Kobe hater. <laughs> Kobe <laughs> hater. <laughs> he's
0: a Celtics fan. Yeah. Oh, got it. <laughs> Makes sense. Are you, You're a Patriots fan. I Jesus Christ. He's from <laughs> Boston. I I respect that. How old are you? Perfect. No respect for any Boston fan under the age of 34. You had it too good. You're
1: soft. Alright, listen. Isn't your client GE moving to Boston?
0: Yes, they are. <laughs> uh, here's what we can learn about Kobe. Kobe's very smart from a branding standpoint in a lot of ways. He knows that the jokes of even the most cynical of he took 50 shots last night which I think has only happened four times in NBA history so it's pretty intense. He knows something that I know, which is that part gets forgotten in seven years. What you'll hear is what's repeated 70,000 times, which is that Kobe scored 60 in his last game. And I think some of the people that run the best brands and businesses in the world don't sweat the short-term narrative because they're smart enough to play the chess moves to understand when that wears off. As a matter of fact, a lot of politicians do that because they know that we say, that negative ads are bad. We Americans, we hate negative ads. Negative ads are bad. It's the only thing we respond to. And so, I will run negative ads till your face falls off. I will take the heat for 48 hours of like, I'm running too many negative ads on Brad. I'll win the election and nobody will remember. I mean that, and so I think that's what we can learn from Kobe last night. I wanted to make it valuable, I think I did a nice tie in there. What Kobe's actions were on the court last night is he knows the narrative that best positions his legacy and so he was gonna take as many shots as he had to to maximize that headline because it was gonna be the only thing left. And a lot of you right now worry way too much, first of all, what everybody else thinks. Secondarily, you worry too much about what the narrative is in the short term. You know, like starting an agency seven years ago at the height of your ability in the tech sector when the tech sector is exploding because you wanted to play a practical long game, not what people were whispering behind your back for a 12 month period.
1: Could I identify with you for a sec? You just saw my, yes, I'm identifying with Gary. You just saw my mentors and the guy that I actually started my business with, which is Brian Grazer. Yes. Um, yes. I yeah, saw so he, he loves you, by the way. I do. So does Ron. And you know, I had this job before this, and I left in two thousand eight as his cultural attaché. I was like his private psych yes. guide, um, and um, I built that into a business where I could work with other leaders. And when I left in two thousand eight to start this business, people were like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Like, the economy's about to crash, which they were right. <laughs> and like, you're basically thought of as a luxury." You know, because I was just helping some Hollywood producer come yes. up with movie ideas, yes. right? But I kinda knew that the world was gonna change and I would be able to become more of a necessity because everybody was gonna be so crazed by knowing what they need to know. So, yeah, I mean, it's that's taken amazing. me, it's yeah. 2008, it's taken me eight years. It takes time. Right, It take, well that's something building you teach then. Building,
0: building something real takes time.
1: It really does, if it's authentic and you don't wanna pollute your brand.
0: That's right, mom, raising a great child. <laughs> It takes time. It does. I mean, India was a disaster for many years.
1: Was
0: she? I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, like, but it takes time. It's, I really, you know, trying to connect the points for other like like I'm I'm living it now with my two children. Like building anything great
1: takes time. Definitely. Patience.
0: Is the game. It's the game. Question of the day. Our guests get to ask it. You can ask them anything you want. Uh, It's a good data research thing. You'll get hundreds of comments on both Facebook and YouTube, so be strategic. Or if you're just curious about something, or maybe you want to ask, is anybody willing to teach me about sports? I don't know what you want to do, but...
1: I guess the question is, okay, with all these innovations are happening, or disruptions, and obviously, you know what Gary's advising everybody, like, if you had to think of the perfect job that you would want to have, in the near future and yeah. in the long term, you know, what do you think it should be, or what would it be for you? Like and it. yeah, and kind of like know. how you thought about it. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. So you know, if you're in college, you do you have college audience members? Right? Junior high too. And and, and you know, and you, junior high, right? And you're saying and okay, 73-year-old. What do you want to be? With who still grow? can,
0: still at 73, can do another 20 years of working their dream thing, even if they've not done it for 53 years.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, when I was in high school, because I was watching L.A. Law and E.R., I wanted to be a lawyer and a doctor. Now, we would never want to be. and I would be the worst in both. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, I actually was, you know, interned at Mount Sinai Hospital one year, and I threw up on a patient, and I knew that wasn't for me. You saw the blood? Yeah, uh, the sm- it's the smell. Yeah, it's the smell. It's, it's, it's hate, the, it. it's the it. smell. But, it. like, in the early 90s, I wanted to be a doctor. And now I know being a doctor is, you know, if you love doing it, then it's great. But it's really hard to do it. So, like, what do you guys want to be now? And what do you think you'll have to be or want to be in the future?
0: Love it, brother. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, Congrats. Great. Continued Definitely. success with this. Seventeen ninety-nine. You keep asking questions. We'll keep answering them.